We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, Chargers fans? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Tyler, and today we're going to be talking about Mike Gusecki. I know a lot of Chargers fans are really interested in bringing in Gusecki to the team. And of course, Mike Gusecki would be fantastic with Justin Herbert. But I don't think it's the right fit for the team based on what I think they need from the tight end position, what I think they want from the tight end position. And of course, the numbers and the money doesn't quite match up. So we'll talk about that. Let's get into it. So as you guys have been probably seeing all over social media or in articles that you've read, a lot of people are trying to connect Kaseki to the Chargers. And again, would not be a bad player on the Chargers at all. He would likely have some sort of career year with the Chargers. I just don't think it's the best fit, and we're going to get into why. So Jeremy Fowler from ESPN does predict that Gusecki ends up with the Chargers, which again is possible. Um, he states that the Chargers could solidify their tight end position long term with the prime target for Justin Herbert. Sure, and I think they do need to solidify their tight end position long term. There's a lot of questions right now, whether that be Donald Parham actually returning Steven Anderson and whether he even returns, although he's more of that fullback, H-back kind of guy. Gabe Neighbors, what's his role? Does he come back? Uh, Jerry Cook, I don't think he's coming back. But again, that's up in the air. The only person that they have on the team officially right now is Trey McKitty, who is n probably at this point nothing like Mike Kosecki because right now he's more of that blocking Virgil Green type tight end. So while I do acknowledge that the Chargers need to get a tight end for the future and to have someone to have long-term either sort of behind Donald Parham or in front of Donald Parham or in some way at least complimenting Donald Parham if he even returns. While I acknowledge that they do need to find a guy to work with Parham and with Herbert, I don't think Kaseki's that guy. So let's start with the obvious. What is Kaseki's market right now? Kind of depends, and we'll talk about uh, another little point later on. So right now, as a tight end, his projected market, depending on who you ask, tends to be somewhere between 10 million and 14 million, give or take. The low end being from Pro Football Network, 10.5 million, and the high end for Pro Football Focus being 13.75 million. Regardless, I think depending now, if he's tagged by the Dolphins, this conversation is useless. But if he does hit the open market, he is one of those guys that could reset the market. I think it's between him and probably Dalton Schultz to reset the market with someone like a David Njoku maybe a Robert Tanyan, maybe Ingram or Howard falling right behind him. So he's going to get somewhere between, 
you know, 10 and 14 million. And that's a little expensive. And, and to me, when you look at someone like Hunter Henry, who the Chargers could have signed last year, and they didn't sign him because of almost the exact same contract, I don't believe that they'd go after Gasecki after letting Henry go. Although, again, I do get the idea that they'd want to solidify their tight end room. They go, oops, we tried something else. Let's go back to this kind of tight end. And I'm not saying Kaseki's like Henry, but I think you want to get a guy like that who's sure hands, but doesn't exactly get a lot after the catch. That kind of would fit that mold. So I'd, I'd understand that logic. But again, the contract right now, probably 12 to $13 million, a bit expensive. So let's just go through this as a cap calculation experiment. And some of these moves are projected. We don't know these things are going to happen, but I think there's a couple of moves that we can kind of guess are going to happen. So right now, as it sits, the Chargers, according to Over the Cap, have about $56 million in cap space. If they cut Brian Balaga, they go to $67 million. The next move, which I do think is their priority at this point, whether it's an extension or a franchise tag, I believe that Mike Williams is coming back. I'm just going to say that they're franchise tagging him. I think he does get somewhere. If he's extended between 19 and 22 million, I just don't think, I think 18 is the floor at this point, to be completely honest. So let's just say he gets tagged because that's an easy one. They tag him, uh, that's $19 million and change. So now they're at $48 million in cap space. If they sign Gasecki to that, let's say a $12 million a year deal. And I know the numbers are a bit, you know, odd because this is kind of a an even every year it's 12 million dollars it doesn't work like that the chargers will probably find a way to push money to year two year three maybe more guarantees now but a lower cap it whatever it is all the cap magic that they do so just for this this exercise let's pretend it's a 12 million dollar cap hit this year and maybe it is so that would take him the the chargers from 48 million to 36 million i do think the next move that they're going to make and we'll talk about some other defensive line changes in just one moment i think they Resign attendant most to i think that they have a lot of holes on their roster and you know at 17 they could take an edge rusher there's a good chance another edge rusher that's good is there but i don't know if they want to chance it so i think keeping in mosu pro football focus has them at nine million dollars annually i think that's about fine that's not breaking the bank and for a guy who's kind of an edge 2.5 if you will that's not a bad deal um, so I think that so that that'll drop the Chargers from 36 million to 27 million. Uh, the only other move that I have here that's an addition other than Gasecki is signing Sebastian Joseph Day, and Pro Football Focus has him at eight million dollars a year. So that would drop the Chargers from 27 million to 19 million. I will say there has been a shakeup along the interior, or excuse me, along the defensive line, not not the defensive line itself, the defensive line room, if you will. And Stephen will get into that um, at some point. But there will be a move or something related to the front seven. I'll say that. Not Kaiser White. But there's something related to the front seven that changes things. And while I do think Sebastian Joseph Day is still in play, I think something else might be in play as well. So Stephen will probably bring that up at some point. We've kind of pieced that together this morning. If you saw us kind of goofing off on Twitter about piecing a puzzle together. That's what we're talking about. So I'll let Steven break that if it ever comes to it. Or if it gets broken first, then we'll just talk about it. And we'll talk about it. But just letting you know, something is on the way. So if it's Sebastian Joseph Day, and I think right now that's a good bet, right? Uh, 19, they dropped into $19 million. And then they have to sign their draft class, of course. So they need to save about $4 million for that. 
technically they need like 12 million dollars to sign their whole draft class but the way over the cap projects it is you need about 12 million i think it's 11.6 you need 11.6 million dollars for your draft class but once those guys replace guys on the roster who are under contract the difference is only four million dollars so you only need four million dollars in cap space even though it'll cost them 11.6 million dollars to sign them this summer but then once you cut guys you've only needed four million dollars in cap space kind of confusing but that seems to be the way it goes and then of course emergency funds so in 2022 i'm gonna say they're at 7.5 million i talked to arjun and he said that you know if some teams need to need five million dollars or somewhere between five and ten million dollars in emergency funds for this season and i think i'm just gonna split the difference put them at 7.5 million I don't know what direction they'll go. They could go more all in and they don't need much cap space to be saved because they have spent it. But then again, that would change the above calculations. So I think they have $7.5 million allocated towards emergency funds, which leaves them with $7.5 million, which means, so you've cut Brian Balaga, you franchise tag Mike Williams, you've signed Mike Kosecki to a $12 million a year deal. You re-sign a Chen and Wosu, you signed Sebastian Joseph Day, you've got your draft class signed, and to me, in that draft class, you find two starters. Like in this scenario, I'm going to assume that they found two starters. Even that could be a reach. But the Chargers did it last year with uh, Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. So I'll say this year they find another two starters. Let's say that is corner. So let's say they take uh, McDuffie or Booth at 17. And then, you know, defensive tackle, no tackle, whichever the way they go. Let's say they take Travis Jones in the second round, right? So they got two starters there and they need to find some other guys the rest of the way. So that means they have $7.5 million now to bring back guys like Dustin Hopkins, Andre Roberts, Ode Abushi, Donald Parham, Steven Anderson, Scott Questenberry, et cetera. And you're hoping that throughout the draft, right, round three, four, five, six, that they found guys like a punter, right, uh, a kicker if they don't bring back Hopkins, another speedy wide receiver three, um, an actual fullback, uh, who, you know, whatever you need. You hope that they find them so they don't need to, to, to sign <clears throat> uh, some other guys. And so to me, after all that, so they have $7.5 million to bring back some guys that I think are must-bring backs, like Hopkins, Roberts, Abushi, Parham, and Anderson, and Questenberry. And then you also, at this point, after all that, still don't have a right tackle one. And I think that, to me, is part of the reason why I wanted to go through this, this whole scenario. It's like, okay, if I take Gusecki and I do the corresponding moves that I think are going to happen, do I have, do I have all my pieces solved? Can I build a full roster? I don't think you can. And that's assuming that you brought back all those re-signed guys for under seven and a half million. And at that point, you still need to find a right tackle one. Now, could it be Dennis Kelly for 1.5 million? Maybe. And I think that's about what his cap hits projected to be. But that's really, really, really cutting it close. You know, yes, Gasecki would help the offense quite a bit, I would imagine. But it really straps you from finding true depth, true starters, maybe an actual edge three, um, another rotational defense tackle whatever it is, the Chargers need to be a better roster. And and Steven was talking to Brentley Weissman about this. Brentley Weissman, the former Chargers scout, and he said that this roster is not as good as we think it is. And of course, Justin Herbert, you know, makes up for a lot of those deficiencies, which we all know. But the way he phrased it, which I thought was really interesting, was he said that I could make the case for six, seven or eight different positions in the first round which means that they basically need those guys figured out in the first round and that there are that many holes on this roster. Now, again, if you sign a right tackle, you sign Sebastian Joseph Day, 
You bring back Mike Williams. Maybe those numbers go down. But still, the Chargers have a lot of holes. And the idea of bringing in Mike Gusecki, I don't know. I, I just think you have too many holes on the roster to bring in someone like Gusecki. And to me, you know, the, the other reason beyond the, the money, because, yes, everyone's saying, oh, you know, he'd be better with Justin Herbert. He'd be better with Justin Herbert. Sure. But I think everybody would be. So I want to find the guy who's the best bang for buck without being too cheap. Like, I don't want to get some random tight end. Don't get me wrong. But I want to find a guy who's a little bit more bang for their buck. And at this point, and I've already talked about this in my free agent composite rankings episode, Gesecki, to me, the Chargers need somebody who can make guys miss, pick up yards after the catch, be more explosive. Now, I will say, if you don't re-sign Mike Williams and you want to bring in Mike Gesecki and then draft Traylon Burks or Jamison Williams, that's a different story. But then again... I don't think the Chargers are letting go of Mike Williams unless things get really, really ugly in free agency. I think he is back. But if he's not back, then we can have a very different conversation about this. Um, but either way, I think the Chargers, if they bring back Mike Williams and they have Keenan Allen and pray that they find a speedy wide receiver with for some sort of yak or gadget plays or deep speed or whatever, I think they need a tight end who can get yards after the catch. Otherwise, you have Mike Williams who's not really a yards after the catch guy. Even though he ranked high in that category this year, it was a lot of, I caught the ball against the Browns and ran 20 yards. I caught the ball against the Steelers, ran 40 yards for a touchdown, that sort of thing. Not his fault. He's just doing his job. But he's not really like, he's not like a real yak guy. We saw that once against the Cowboys, maybe a couple of other plays, but that's not really his thing. And then Keenan Allen, obviously that's not been his thing. And especially this last year really wasn't his thing. So they need to find someone. And to me, Mike Gusecki, being 13th out of 14 in, in yards after the catch per reception is not much of an explosive offense if you're bringing back Mike Williams. He's great in, in yards per reception, but his yards after the catch is lacking. So you have Gasecki, Allen, and Williams, which, by the way, would be about, what, $60 million to three players on your offense, which is a little bit concerning. You have those three guys who aren't really yards after the catch guys at this point, at least based on the way they'd be using him last year. That's not great. To me, you want to go for someone like a David Njoku, right? Even, you know, Dalton Schultz is higher at that point. Zach Ertz is higher. CJ Uzama, Gerald Everett, Robert Tanyan. Jerry Cook was better after the catch than Mr. Mike Gusecki. And I know people are like, well, he had Tua throwing to him. To me, once you get the ball in your hands, yards after the catch per reception and missed tackles force, that's all on you. And maybe some of that scheme. And maybe they were only throwing jump sideline jump balls to him. I don't know. But for him to be 13 suggests that that's not really his go-to thing. Great, um, you know, inline, inline, excuse me, down the seam guy, right over the middle guy, good hands guy, all things the Chargers could use, and it would be helpful. I just don't think that's the route you want to go when you already have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams finally yards after the catch guy. And, you know, I kind of joked about it, but Mike Gusecki at age 26 only averaged 3.2 yards after the catch per reception and only forced four missed tackles the entire season. And I'm serious, but I'm joking at the same time. Antonio Gates at age 38 <laughs> averaged 4.3 yards after the catch per reception and five missed tackles in his final season. Might think Antonio Gates at that age was still averaging 1.1 yards after the catch more than Gasecki and forced another missed tackle than Gasecki did. Antonio Gates at age 38. I get it. Gates had Rivers throwing to him and Gasecki has Tua. 
but Antonio Gates, age 38, <laughs> the guy that was at that point at the very end of his career, barely, a, you know, a serviceable tight end two to Hunter Henry, I guess, at that point, still did better after the catch than Mike Gusecki. And that's the kind of the best way I, I can frame why they shouldn't go that direction. You want to have someone who's a little bit better after the catch, or at least somewhat better after the catch. You know, I guess you don't have to go get an Njoku, who's probably going to be your best after the catch guy. But boy, 3.2 yards less than Antonio Gates, I don't think that's the best way to go. And another part that is also a reason to not bring back Gasecki is that, you know, wherever you look, it sounds like Gasecki wants to be paid like a wide receiver. Granted, who doesn't? But he's one of those guys that definitely wants to get paid like a wide receiver, probably like Kyle Pitts will end up doing at some point because he is. He's not an inline blocking tight end. Even in the composite rankings, he's 13 out of 14. No, sorry. He's dead last in, um, in, in pass blocking efficiency, and he's second worst in pro football focus run blocking grade. I know I don't like their grades, but I, I don't know what else to go off of for run blocking. So that's that. You're not a good blocker. He wants so he wants to be paid like a wide receiver because he is a guy who's always out and being used like a wide receiver, I guess. And so that we assume his contract's going to be $12 million. It could be more. It could be 14, 15, 16. If he wants to split the difference between the tight end market, maybe not like a you know Travis Kelsey, those sort of deals. But if he wants to split the difference between the wide receiver market and the tight end market, that's gonna be more than the $12 million. So I, I just don't buy it. And at the end of the day, like Steven pointed out. You know, people want to, the Chargers to sign Gusecki, but then they're going to blame Tom Telesco because he can't put up big numbers, uh, you know, because he's not getting 112 targets in this offense. I mean, Gusecki had 106 targets in, in the Dolphins offense last year. And again, I think he'd have uh, on a total numbers base and maybe even a, a per play base basis. I think he could have better numbers. But is he worth the 13, 14, 15, 16 million dollars that he could command if he's being paid like a hybrid tight end wide receiver, is he going to actually live up to that contract? I don't think so. And when you need, and again, when you need so many different guys, even just in the first round, right? At this point, defensive tackle, nose tackle, corner, another corner, <laughs> safety, uh, right tackle, right guard at this point, because Abushi's not back. There's so many pieces you need. And to go get a tight end for $16 million, rather than bring in Sebastian Joseph Day, and you know whatever because you want to put your money at right tackle or something there's just something that's always going to be missing and multiple things that are going to be missing on this roster and at the end of the day you know the, a conversation that i had with somebody was you know we don't need star i mean it's great to have star players don't get me wrong but you need a bunch of you need dudes you need depth some of that secondary some of that's offensive line defensive line whatever you need depth you need guys who are all bought in and well, I guess not that, the, not, not that the hot stars aren't bought in, but you need a group of guys who can rotate well and not just go from superstars. You know, like Steven has said a couple of times now, and I agree with him, the Chargers have, they're one through 10, they're 10 best players. I put them against anybody else in the league and they'd probably win. That's true. But 11 through 53 is a problem. And not only do the Chargers not have a great set of backup right now, or a set of depth right now, they like literally don't have depth on their roster at this point because of all the free agents that are pending. So to me, again, Gusecki is, is a good player. I think he could be great in this offense. Don't get me wrong. I just think when you consider the needs that the team has and what they need to do at the at, at different positions and so many positions to make a run, 
I don't think paying a tight end who isn't good after the catch, who does not force missed tackles, who can't block, I don't think that's the route that they should go. Again, find a bang for your buck guy. OJ Howard, for example. Maybe Tanya, depending on what that contract looks like. But you can't bring in a guy for 13, 14, 15, 16 million dollars who is going to be behind Jared Cook and yards after the catch. And it's funny because Chargers fans all year, I wish Jared Cook would pick up more yards. I wish he would put his head down or leap or try to pick up more yards. Well, he picked up more yards after the catch than Mike Gusecki. And so why would we want to go backwards in that category? Why would the Chargers want to do that if they just said no to Hunter Henry a year ago? I don't know. So to me, I'm out on Mike Gusecki. I know everybody's talking about it. So I wanted to make a video describing or detailing why I was out on Mike Gusecki. If you're still in on him, I get it. He's going to be a good player, if not a great player in this offense, if he joins Hunter Henry. We saw the chemistry, right? Mark Andrews had great chemistry, I guess, with Mark Andrews in the Pro Bowl. We want that for Herbert. I just don't think that's what the offense needs, what the team needs, et cetera, et cetera. So if you like him, let me know. If you disagree with me, you hate me, you want you want Gusecki no matter what. Maybe you're a Dolphins fan and you're hoping that we take Gusecki so you don't overpay him. I don't know. Let me know, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, bolt up. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com